Good morning, everybody. It's good to see you. Um, I am definitely not Aaron, and uh, yeah, believe, imagine that. I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah, I'll take that as a compliment. Um, but it is really good to be here, uh, and it's good to see you. Um, what a pretty morning after a cloudy day yesterday. Um, it kind of felt like spring this morning, but winter is coming, but that'll be good too. Um, but it is good to see you all, and it's nice to be back. Um, as I kind of intro and start, if you want to go ahead and uh, open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. Isaiah chapter 9. Um, my name is Drew Morgan, and uh, I had the privilege and honor to uh, be a table group leader here for several years. Um, shout out to the 7th and ninth grade uh, folks that were, that were at my table. Um, we had a lot of fun, and I, I really enjoyed it, and I, I do miss y'all. I, I miss your energy and your passion that you had every morning. Um, so it's nice to be back. Uh, this is such a great youth group. Um, I wanted to get started uh, just to say how thankful I am, and I know that you're thankful also of, of Aaron and Raisha um, and the way they lead our church and our youth group. Um, so having a vibrant youth group is so important for the, for the health of a church, um, we older folks need your example of youthful energy and passion. Um, it's really important to be reminded that you can have energy and passion, um, which is really important. So thank you for that. And all the other ways, uh, we're so blessed every Sunday night uh, getting to see you sing and uh, seeing the uh, choir full, um, and like I said, all, all the other ways. But I, I'd, like to, I'd like to give Aaron and Rasha a round of applause to express our appreciation. So we're very thankful. Um, and let's not forget about your table leaders. Your table leaders work hard and are committed every Sunday to be here. So make sure you, make sure you thank them. Um, it, is, it is a good commitment. And, and I know they enjoyed it because I enjoyed it so much uh, being here. So... Um, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the world, uh, Lori, um, and we have two daughters, Reed and Jane. Some of you know Reed and Jane. Um, some of you have kept Reed and Jane uh, babysitting and things, and so um, I love my family, and, and, and we, we love being a part of the Lakeview family, too, and again, it's, it's just such a blessing. Um, I taught ninth grade history for 10 years at Auburn Junior High School, so today's going to be a little different. I'm much more of a teacher than I am a preacher. And I'm not saying I'm a good teacher, but that's just my background. So a little bit more um, about that and a little bit about how today may feel different. Um, I have a new role now where I do professional development for teachers in Auburn City Schools, and um, it's a great job. It's something different every day. Um, but I sell it to say I, I, I love learning. Uh, I, loving, I love helping other people learn. I love learning with other people. And so that's kind of how today is going to feel. So... Um, Throughout today, instead of me, you know, speaking for a while and then kind of splitting up, we're going to have some embedded discussions throughout. And I really need your help with this, okay? I, I, you know, in my mind, this was a great idea, but, but what that means is, is that we're going to talk together at different periods throughout, and then we're going to come back together as a whole group, okay? And to make this even more fun, this is going to be fun, I have a handheld mic, okay? So um, as I come around, once we get the whole group, and don't let this intimidate you and say, oh, well, I'm definitely not speaking now. Just know that we'll all be able to hear you, okay? Um, but, but it is my goal. Uh, you know, I, I have some things I'm going to share. But there is a wealth of knowledge in this room, um, you know, uh, and people in this room that have so much to share too. 
um, and, and things that we can learn from each other. And, and I want to give everyone that opportunity. So um, just, just think about that. It's going to be great. It's going to be good. Um, okay. So peace. We all seek peace. Is that? Okay. Um, well, no, that's good. Could it be up, up behind? Okay. Thanks, Rachel. Uh, peace. Uh, so uh, if, uh, if you're in my table group, you know I, I, I love kind of word study and I love thinking about words just to understand God's word, but not even that, just, just think about the meaning. And so I wanted to give us a chance to do that first. So, so right off, leading off around your tables, uh, excuse me, around your tables, I want us to consider this word peace. So let's take about three minutes, look at each other, talk to each other. What does this word mean to you? Um, what does peace mean? Why do we seek it? Why do we want it? How do we get it? Just general discussion around that word peace. So three minutes, if you need three minutes, on your mark, get set, go. Five, four, three, two, one. All right. Awesome. Wonderful. Okay, so we're coming back together. Um, so maybe with this one, we'll do a shout it out. Uh, what, what's a word or a synonym of peace or something that you talked about? Rest. What else? Contentment. What else? Peace. Okay, the peace symbol. Yes, we, we have a symbol that we've developed that is for peace. Tranquility. One more over here. Yes. Surrender. Okay. Yeah, all great words, all great synonyms. Um, peace is what we're going to be talking about today. And so I wanted to prime your thinking and let you talk a little bit. Um, and all those things are true. Uh, but can we agree that peace is really important? It's really important. Okay. Can we all agree that we all seek peace in our lives? Definitely. Every human being in some form or fashion seeks peace in their life. And, and in this Advent season, as we prepare for, um, or as you know, we begin this Christmas season, um, that, that's our topic today, is, is peace. And we're going to get way more into that. Um, in the Garden of Eden, right, Adam and Eve lived in perfect peace and harmony with the Lord. They enjoyed spiritual and physical peace like no other human has ever experienced. But when they sinned, our peace and joy was stolen away. And since then, man has made many efforts to try to bring about spiritual and physical peace for ourselves in our own effort. Now, God has given, in, in his grace, God has given us some things that, that give us some temporary peace on earth. Um, and we'll talk about those things. But um, the, the point is this. We as humans have a constant desire for peace. Not only physical peace, um, but also spiritual peace. Every man and woman has an Eden-shaped hole in their heart that can only be filled by, once we, by what we once had, by what Adam and Eve had. It's a deep longing that comes from being reconciled to God and the need to be reconciled to God. And honestly, y'all, and, and I know this because I know, you know, we've talked about this at Lakeview, and, and Aaron has talked about this. It's, it's the way God created us. God created us to worship. God created us to dwell with him. And so we, we have that need in our heart. 
We know our own attempts will always be futile. Apart from Christ, we cannot bring our own spiritual and physical peace. We're going to talk about that too. Um, Because of sin, we need a perfect king to take on an epic battle to defeat sin and render a revision of what we had in the garden. To establish a kingdom where we can dwell and have the physical and spiritual peace that we once had. And y'all, we have good news, don't we? Um, those of us who have been going to this church for a while, you've heard this good news, and we know what this good news is, and that's what we get to talk about today. That warrior king has come. The revision has begun to be rendered on earth. There is a prince of peace, and his name is Jesus. He is the one that was promised. He is the one that made, that made a way for us to be reconciled with God and to have that peace. He is the one who will reign over his kingdom forever. And this morning, we're going to spend some time talking about uh, a few places in the Bible. There's many, uh, but a few places in the Bible that talk about this peace that Jesus, that Jesus brings. So with that, uh, we come to our first point. Um, and first place, we're going to stop again and, and have some discussion. Uh, peace promised. Now again, throughout the Old Testament, peace is, is promised and prophesied that uh, there is a Messiah coming that will uh, bring peace and, and will rule over the earth. And we're just going to look at a few of those places today. Um, But mainly, we're going to start uh, in Isaiah chapter 9. So hopefully you you were able to find Isaiah chapter 9, verses 1 through 5. And like I said, this brings us to our first discussion, uh, uh, or I guess our second, but our first true place we're going to stop and discuss uh, peace. So peace promise. So um, table, uh, table leaders, I'm going to ask you to read Isaiah 9, 1 through 5. And you've got three questions there to spend some time thinking about. Um, first, how does this text describe what life is like on earth apart from God? What do these verses say that God will do? And then how should this give us hope? And I'm going to stop here. So because I, I work in public education, I do a lot of professional development for teachers Starting with prayer is not something that uh, we're able to do, unfortunately. At least prayer out loud as a group. So um, I have a tendency to get rolling and, and not pray. So I'm going to stop and pray, and then we will discuss. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for um, this church, and thank you for building your church and letting us be a part of that. Um, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that he is the Prince of Peace. Help us to learn about that today. Help us to hear something new and fresh. Um, encourage us, Lord, um, that you give physical and spiritual peace. I pray that if, if anyone in here doesn't have that peace that comes through you, that today would be the day where they um, are reconciled to you and, and get to experience that. Um, bless our time together. Bless our conversations. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so with that, uh, give you five minutes to read Isaiah 9, verses 1 through 5, and uh, just have some general discussion about it. If you want to use those questions, you can, Um, and then after five minutes, we'll come back together and we'll uh, share some things out to the whole group. On your mark, get set, go. All right, everybody. Uh, So let's talk about it. Um, Okay, so... uh, What picture does this paint about earth? And I'm a walker, y'all, so I'm really sorry. I'm going to try to stay in one spot. But um, All right, so, uh, so the text talks about earth apart from God. It talks about what some things God is going to do, right? 
Um, what are some things that God is going to do? Here, you're going to get some mic time because that's going to be awesome. There you go. Y'all cheer him on. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. Okay. Very good. All right. Awesome. Who else? I had a college professor that used to do this, and he would run and do this. Yeah, yeah. What are some things that God is going to do? He's going to uh, break, the, break the yoke of our burden and the staff uh, and the rod of, the, of our oppressor. Yeah, he's going to take our burdens off of us. Right, so there's a time where our burdens are going to be removed. He's going to break uh, the yoke or take off the yoke, break the rod. Um, what about the last part, especially kind of towards the end, verses 4 and 5? Uh, what is God going to do there? there there's a lot of warrior uh, uh, terminology, right? A lot of warfare ter- terminology. He will bring true peace and freedom. Okay, so we're seeing peace promised, right? Um, I hope that kind of was, was, and as I walked around and I listened, that was uh, a lot of the bulk of your conversation, so it was really good. All right, give yourselves a round of applause. Great job. See, we did it. It's going to be good. Um, this should give us hope. And, uh, you know, if you looked ahead, obviously the hope is coming. Um, it was a pretty dark picture that it painted. Darkness, uh, burdens, rods of the oppressor, warfare. Um, and this is life apart, apart from Christ. Uh, this is life apart from God. This, this is the world we live in. But something is going to change. Praise the Lord, um, something's coming. Um, and that gives us hope. Hosea 5, verses 1 through 5 is also a place where it promises, and I'm going to have this on the, uh, on the screen. If you want to flip to it, you can. Wait, I said, uh, I meant Micah, excuse me. Micah 5, 1 through 5. Micah 5, 1 through 5. Uh, Marshal your troops now, city of troops, for a siege is laid against us. They will strike Israel's ruler on the cheek with a rod. But you, Bethlehem, Ephratah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. Therefore Israel will be abandoned until the time when she who is in labor bears a son, and the rest of his brothers return to join the Israelites. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God, and they will live securely for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth, and he will be our peace. Praise the Lord. Um, Messiah is coming. Peace is being promised. Okay, uh, so let's look, uh, let's keep going and let's look at verses 6 through 7 now. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 through 7. Um, this is the good news. So again, uh, read those two verses. Who is the child son that verse 6 speaks about? Now, when I, when I did table group, you know, Jesus is a really popular answer. Um, and it, it gets a lot of questions right in, in, in Sunday school. And, it, you know, that's going to be true for this one too. Um, but, uh, but really, you know, that first question may be pretty easy. But that second question, what do his names tell us about his character? You're going to read some names of, of the coming Messiah. 
Um, and, uh, and that question there is, is a really good place to, to discuss for a few minutes in your table group. Uh, what do those names tell us about his character? And then how is God's kingdom different than earthly kingdoms? So it described kind of what things are like on earth, and then it's going to describe uh, this coming kingdom. Um, those are our questions for this next uh, discussion. So uh, give you some time to discuss that, to read it, and then discuss it, and then we'll come back together. Okay. All right. Would love to hear some things that you talked about, and I would love to give you the opportunity to share that with the group. So, uh, so one, maybe one table, raise your hand. Uh, who's got something that was said? And we're going to do it a little different. Something that a friend or a neighbor said that was just really good that you want to share with the whole group. Here we go. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Because uh, I'm not going to take credit for this. This was actually Gabriel's thing that he said that I thought was really good. Uh, when we were talking about uh, his, his names, um, Gabriel pointed out that if you break down the, the different parts of his names, wonderful counselor would refer to that he's all-knowing. And mighty God would refer to that he's all-powerful. Everlasting Father is that he's eternal. Uh, and then Prince of Peace is what he brings in his kingdom. So it's, it's, it's you know, these, these names talk about very distinct but different parts of his character, which I thought was really awesome. Great way to look at it. So kudos to Gabriel. Everybody give Gabriel a round of applause. Good job, Gabriel. That's awesome. Uh, let's do one more on this side. Yep. There you go. Um, Cameron said Prince of Peace, and it was good because he said, like, um, he said that it was like he never, he never had, doesn't have peace and stuff. Amen. That's right. Yeah. I mean, you can be princes of a lot of things, right? We think about rulers and kings and princes, and they reign and rule over a lot of things, but, but prince of peace. He is the king of peace, the ruler of peace. Uh, so yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, and to echo just, you know, the, the name that just speaks to me, especially now that I have, I have kids, and those of you who have children, um, Notice that, that he is our heavenly father, right? Uh, um, excuse me. He is everlasting father. So he is eternally a father to us, a perfect, right, good father who cares and loves us, um, who is also uh, uh, the king of kings and the prince of peace. So uh, hopefully these names are, are encouraging um, to you. All right. Um, okay, so... Uh, Obviously, the kingdom that uh, is described there at the end, too, is, is much different than uh, the kingdoms that were described in the, in the latter half. Um, he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, um, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. Uh, verse 7, of the increase of his government and, and peace, there will be no end. This is what we have to look forward to. And this is the peace that's being promised. This is the peace that will come and, and is coming. Um, hallelujah, right? I mean, this is good news. Okay, so um, one more uh, place. Psalm 29, verse 10 through 11. Psalm 29, verse 10 through 11. And it's going to be, again, on the, the board. Um, just another great promise. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. 
The Lord is enthroned as king forever. The Lord gives strength to his people. The Lord blesses his people with peace. Praise the Lord. Another great promise of peace. Real quick, uh, as I was preparing, um, I, I read a sermon that Charles Spurgeon um, did on this very text. He obviously preached a lot of sermons. And uh, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 1 through uh, 7 was one of his sermons. And, and he said this, and I, I just wanted to share it with you all. So I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read it to you. Um, he's talking about how we feel once we're redeemed and once we receive this peace, once Jesus becomes our king and sets us free. This is how we feel towards Jesus. He sets us free from the dominion of Satan. And then, as we need a ruler, right? He, he has set us free from one dominion, and now we're free. So now we need a ruler. Our hearts are designed to worship and to serve. So as we now need a ruler, we say, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. We are glad to be ruled by Emmanuel, God with us. This also is a door of hope to us, that Jesus shall be the monarchs of our hearts is our exceeding joy. To us, he shall be always wonderful. When we think of him or speak about him, it shall be with reverent awe. When we need advice and comfort, we fly to him, for he shall be our counselor. When we need strength, we will look to him as our mighty God. Born again by his spirit, we will be his children, and he shall be the everlasting father. Full of joy and rest, we will call him Prince of Peace. Are you willing to have Christ to govern you? Will you spend your lives in praising him? Okay, so um, our, second, uh, our second point is we're, we're going we're gonna to kind of get into the nuances of peace. So we've seen peace promised. Um, but Jesus, Jesus has come as, uh, you know, what we're getting ready to celebrate this Christmas. Um, he hasn't come the second time. We know that he will. Uh, so in this middle time, Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's resurrected, but he hasn't come back again. There's some nuances of this peace and what that means for us here on earth. And we're going to spend some time thinking about that. Um, the spiritual peace that Jesus gives does not mean that those who follow him will have an easy physical life. In fact, it means the opposite. Um, you can look at uh, many examples of Christians who have been martyred and suffered for their faith. Um, you know, we all, uh, it, you know, as we live out our faith, we all encounter hardships and sufferings because Jesus is enthroned in our hearts. Um, so so we're, we're not promised an easy life. And like I said, um, we're promised to have the opposite. We're promised to, to have a hard physical, harder physical life here on earth. Um, but we just read that peace is promised, right? So how do we square that? Um, that's, what, that's what I hope we can do in our discussion. So um, our, our third place we're going to stop and discuss, John is in John 16, chapter 16, verse 32 through 33. So let's take a, take a second to flip over to John. In the New Testament, uh, chapter 16, verses 32 through 33. Jesus is speaking. Jesus is here that we just read that the Messiah uh, was promised to come. And he was indeed born in Bethlehem. Uh, the prophecy, of course, was fulfilled. 
Jesus is now here and he's speaking to his disciples. And he's speaking to them about peace. So two questions. So after you read it, uh, what does Jesus tell us to expect on this earth? And uh, how can having spiritual peace help you during hardships? So uh, once you read it, those two questions will, will, um, will be clear to you. Um, well, you'll be able to discuss them. But uh, give you a few minutes um, to read John chapter 16, verse 32 through 33, and then think about those two questions. Five, four, three, two, and one. Awesome. Okay. So let's talk about it. Um, let's, uh, let's maybe get a table that hasn't shared yet. Uh, so uh, so first, we'll, we'll do the first one as a shout out. What, what does Jesus tell us to expect on this earth? Shout it out at me. Hardships and struggles, okay. Um, and I don't know if y'all have answered. So would someone at this table want to talk about that second question? Um, if we're dealing with hardships and struggles, how can that spiritual peace, how is that a blessing? How, how can that help? Yeah. I guess just like knowing that whatever we're going through, it's just temporary, I guess. Ah, yeah, that's good. Temporary. Very nice. Okay. All right. Who else? What'd you talk about? What's something that you talked about that you'd like to share with the rest of the group? There's a lot of good stuff. I heard some good stuff from this table. I know this table. There's some good stuff going on here. Anybody? Anybody want to share something your neighbor said that was really good? Take, oh, way over here. All right, here we go. All right. Give a round of applause. Awesome. Good stuff. Okay, there you go. Um, Mr. Brian, our leader connected this verse back to John 14, 27, where it says, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Your heart must not be troubled or fearful. Right. So Jesus has been like emphasizing this in the previous chapters. Yeah, and, and I read that one in preparation, too. When he says... Uh, I do not give to you as the world gives. What do you think that means about the peace that he's giving? Yeah, Gavin. Uh, I'm thinking it means like, um, like spiritual peace could help you out during like hard times. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Awesome. Very good. Yeah, right? The world, I think, uh, I think the world, when you would expect peace... And we know that uh, biblically, right, the, the Pharisees were expecting this mighty ruler. I mean, it says, it talks a lot about warfare in the Old Testament of the coming Messiah, but they were expecting an actual mighty king that was going to actually come and, uh, and uh, take over, uh, you know, the foes of Israel and establish physical peace forever. Um, and, and, and so... He says, I, I don't give to you uh, as the world gives to you, because I think the world we would expect, oh, like Jesus is to come and just make everything peaceful. And that will happen. I think Jesus is saying, what I give to you is even more important than, than physical peace. I give you spiritual peace. I give you reconciliation with God. I give you a way to be able to have a relationship and dwell spiritually with the Lord, which is, which is way more important than physical peace. Um, and as you were talking about the spiritual peace help you during hardships, 
I hope I hope you talked about that because that's kind of leading into the next point too. Um, but the major point is this here, right? While we're on this earth now, we may not have, well, we're, we're not promised physical peace now. What we are promised is spiritual peace. And that spiritual peace um, can help us through those hardships. It can help you through those times because you have that relationship with the Lord. Um, so, uh, yeah, so he offers spiritual peace in the midst of a world that is sinful and is at war with him. In the midst of our struggle um, against sin in the world, we can have peace knowing that we have been reconciled to God through Christ. Um, and and, and that, that peace is the ultimate peace. So until the day that Jesus comes again, our, peace, uh, our physical peace is not necessarily ensured. Um, sin's still in the world. Uh, and I wanted just to bring up Matthew 10, um, because uh, we, we talked about John 14. There's also a reference where Jesus speaks to this in Matthew chapter 10. Um, and, and some of us, a lot of us may be familiar with this, but I thought this would be a good um, kind of another layer to add into this. Um, and I, I put a lot of the text on the screen, but I wanted to read verses 34 through 35. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. Now, if you're a disciple, what are you thinking there? You're like, what? What about all the things in the Old Testament, right? That's what I would be thinking if I was a disciple. But Jesus is Jesus. Do not suppose that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. Notice the word earth. What do you notice about that word? It's not capitalized. Right? What do you think that means? Why is it little e? Right? He's not talking about the actual physical earth. Right? He's talking about earth in general in this time now. Um, now, I suppose I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace but a sword, for I have come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. A man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Now this sounds a lot different than, than the peace that was promised in the Old Testament, right? But again, um, when, when we choose to follow Christ and we put him, we enthrone him in our hearts as our prince of peace, it's going to make us different. Um, it, it, it's it's going to... Um, you know, we're, we're following him. Um, and that's going to be different than a lot of people around you. And as people see that difference, they may not like it. And unfortunately, it could come from your, from your family and friends if, 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 if they're not following the Lord. Um, and so, so Jesus is speaking here to the physical peace, right? He's not coming now to bring physical peace. He's coming to redeem us. But that means that, that, that we... Uh, you know, even members of our own family could turn against us if we are following the Lord and they're not. And that's a hard word, but it's an important word. You're going to hear a lot, of, a, a lot of, you know, preachers and a lot of people out there, you know, the, the prosperity gospel and everything. And if you, you know, if you love the Lord and you have faith in him, then your life should be great. Because that's, that's not biblical. Um, and Jesus is speaking to that here. You know, serving and following the Lord is, is wonderful, and you have spiritual peace, and you're reconciled to God. 
Um, and that's wonderful. But it also means that your life could be difficult. And that's okay. Um, look at Jesus' life. Right? <laughs> um, and he's our example. Um, so, physical peace versus spiritual peace. Um, which leads us to point number three. And this is good. The things, are, things may be hard for us now as followers of Christ, but thank the Lord he does give us the Holy Spirit and that reconciliation with God and the spiritual peace that we know. Um, but point number three, peace for eternity. Peace for eternity. So we know in the Old Testament peace was promised, not just spiritual peace, not just reconciliation with God, but physical peace where we dwell with God just like in the Garden of Eden, just like Adam and Eve did. Praise the Lord, that is coming. So discussion four, our last, uh, last place we're going to stop and discuss, uh, is uh, we're, we're going to read Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. Revelation chapter 21, verse 1 through 8. So flip there, and um, you got a couple of questions there. And at this point, you know, table leaders, if you feel like, uh, you know, if you want to go with the questions, if you want to ask some different questions, you, you know, you know your group and you're, um, you've been leading that discussion. So uh, read chapter 21, verses 1 through 8. You've got some questions there to guide your discussion. Um, if uh, something else prompts you by the Holy Spirit, you can definitely go that direction too. So uh, we'll take about five minutes to uh, read and discuss that, and then we'll talk about it. All right, everybody. Um, Great discussion. Um, walking around and listening in, I, I hate to end it early, but um, we, are, we are coming up on 1030. We need to land this plane. Um, whew, man, for, for, you know, for me in Revelation, and, and would anyone agree with me, this is exciting to read about. Uh, for those in Christ, this is exciting to read about. This is the peace that was promised from old. Right now, we can have spiritual peace. God's kingdom can dwell with us in our hearts. Um, Jesus can be the king sitting on the throne of our hearts, but one day we will also dwell with him in his physical kingdom for eternity in perfect peace and harmony with our Lord. Um, I, mean, it, it's, it's, I mean, it's hard for our minds to think about because we, you know, we, we're, we're sinners that have been redeemed and we're here on this earth. Um, but, uh, you know, no, there we go. Um, no more sin, no more death, no more sickness, uh, no more sadness. It's really exciting to think about, um, and I hope that excites you too. Uh, but I, I want to I end on Romans 5, 1 through 11, and I think I, no, I didn't, okay. Um, but this is important, okay? Uh, for believers, this word is, is very exciting. But the end of that passage in Revelation can, can also be terrifying. It can be scary. But there's good news. There's good news for all of us. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 11. And I'll, I'll just read this for us. Um, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint. Because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given. 
If you want to experience this peace and joy, it's through Jesus. We are justified through faith, so then we receive the peace of God. And that's something that, that is available to all. The great thing that some of you know, I, like, I enjoy history. Throughout history, kingdoms are exclusive. Kingdoms are only for a certain group of people, a certain ethnicity or a certain nationality of people, and they, they're in that kingdom, and it's very exclusive. God's kingdom is not exclusive. God's kingdom is open to all. And that's such good news. That's such good news. Um, for those of us in Christ, this, this uh, message on peace and the peace that Jesus brings, the spiritual peace, and then one day the physical peace, I hope is a great encouragement to you. You can live in joy. Um, now, I'm going to pick on Nate because I, I heard him say this earlier, and it fits in great now. Nate, what were you saying about like going throughout your day and just seeing tough things that were happening? Do you remember that? It was like very beginning, so I know I'm putting you on the spot. One, right, yeah. You know, and, and that's such a good thing to be in this world of darkness. You are light. You have the spiritual peace that other people are desperately seeking every day to find and fill that hole in their heart. And if you're a believer, that hole is filled. Now, I'm not saying it's easy, and I'm not saying that it's always, you know, we, we still go through struggles. But, but what I'm saying is, is I hope you're encouraged uh, that, that you have that spiritual peace and you can be in a light. Um, you are at peace with God, and one day you will live in peace as God envisioned it in the Garden of Eden. Um, as things are dark around us, you can be the light, like Nate said, that people see and wonder what makes you different. Some may still reject that light, um, but we know some will accept it and join our kingdom. Uh, the kingdom is open to all, and we know that Jesus died for all. Um, if, if that's not you, if you're sitting there and, and, you, and you know we're not speaking to you, there is good news. Like I said, there is hope. This peace can be yours if you've been justified through your faith in what Christ did on the cross. The most important thing in your life is whether or not you've been reconciled to God and whether you're a citizen of his kingdom. Spurgeon said, is Christ sitting on the throne of your heart? Are you serving him? Because he is wonderful to serve. Um, there is no other way to enter his kingdom. Sin won't allow for that. It is only through the forgiveness of sins through Jesus' sacrifice that can make this happen. Um, I pray that if you haven't done that in your life, today would be that day. Um, you can have that peace. You can have that deep spiritual peace that we all long for today. So um, as we conclude, um, you know, I love Christmas. And as we're entering this Christmas season, um, what, what a fun, just great, glorious thing to think about, that we have peace. Jesus has come, and we can have that spiritual peace. And as, as you go through the Christmas season, there's so many distractions the world has set up now for Christmas. Um, so many different things to think about, whether it's from sports that happen around Christmas or consumerism that happens around Christmas and all the things. I challenge you to, to, to spend time considering Jesus and how wonderful it is that he came to earth. And how that truly is the thing to celebrate this Christmas and the, and the peace that he gives. Um, okay, I'll pray for us and then um, Rachel will have some announcements.